You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. You are listening to episode 136 of the Well Women podcast. Today on the show, we are talking about a topic that I feel not enough women are discussing, yet it's a topic that affects a lot of women. Have you ever had thrush before? A yeast infection? Something itchy and irritative down in your yoni area? Yes, this is the episode that you want to listen to. It's all about bacterial vaginosis and yeast infections. And we're having this discussion today with Adrienne Ramal. Now, the reason why I got Adrienne on the show is that she's known as the Yoni Nutritionist over on Instagram, but she's a certified holistic nutritionist. She's also a women's health coach and she helps women manage and eliminate symptoms of common chronic vaginal infections like yeast infections, candida, overgrowth, bacterial infections, HPV, herpes, and UTIs. Personally, she's struggled with her own vaginal health challenges her entire sexual active life, but she's learned how to manage them with diet and lifestyle. Now she's super passionate. If you haven't seen her Instagram, I highly recommend going and checking it out. And you will see that she's super passionate about helping women who are experiencing these challenges holistically heal their vaginal health, just like she did. We are diving deep into understanding yeast infections, candida overgrowth, BV, HSV, and HPV. Specifically though, we're talking about these vaginal infections that we get. And I have for a long time felt this is a topic that I'm always asked about with my clients, but we haven't yet had this topic on the podcast. So in this particular episode, Adrian and I dive into what is a yeast infection in your yoni versus what is a bacterial infection. So there's some really big distinctions between the two. So we talk about that. We also discuss about the vaginal microbiome. Did you know that there's microbiome in your vagina? We talk about sex and infections in your yoni and then what the triggers are, like how do you actually get either a yeast infection or a bacterial infection and then how can you actually support either of these because they're actually quite different. Then we dive into improving your diet and how that can support yeast infections and we give you five tips on supporting overall yoni health over your entire cycle. Now these are the things that are actually triggering you in your lifestyle that could be contributing to the fact that you either have one, a yeast infection or a bacterial infection. And those fungal infections versus the bacterial infections are very different and you can treat them very differently. So enjoy this episode as we open up the discussion about vaginal infections. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under 
calendar a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code CYCLELOVE to save 20% off. Adrian, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I was just before we hit record, I was telling you how excited I am to talk about yeast and infections and vagi- vaginal infections. Who would ever think they'd be excited to talk about this? But this is your jam. So I'm mm-hmm. really excited for it. So before we jump in, tell us what day of your cycle are you on and how are you checking in today? I'm on day two of my cycle. Um, checking in today, I woke up feeling a little bit tired, a little bit groggy and not so energized, but I had a, I knew I had a big day today. So I really like got up early, jumped in the shower, freshened up, did some yoga and it just had a coffee and it just energized me and made me feel so much better. Back into your body on cycle day two. I love it. I think it's a really important point because, and I know you run your own business as do I, that a lot of people who are aware of the menstrual cycle think that those who run their businesses just have time off when they're not menstru like when they're menstruating. And unfortunately, when you run a business, sometimes that doesn't actually happen. <laughs> so I love that you on like openly shared that you're like, hey, it's day two, even though I'd like to have the day off, I'm here doing things. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, thank you. I've really been learning a lot about the menstrual cycle lately and kind of adjusting my business around my cycle, especially my PMS times. <laughs> oh, I like this. That, that affects me more than my actual cycle. My cycle is a breeze compared to PMS. So it's it, sometimes I just get a little bit tired when I have my cycle, but it wasn't so you're menstruating. Yeah. Amazing. Now tell us, who are you? Because for such a long time, I've wanted to have a beautiful guest on the show to talk about vaginal infections. And mm-hmm. I think that so many women experience these and they generally just go to their doctor or their naturopathic doctor or their nutritionist or naturopath, whoever it is. And get guidance, but no one's talking about it. And so when I finally came across your Instagram, I was like, oh, she's the one. <laughs> <laughs> she's the chosen one to talk about vaginal infections. Yeah. Um, so who are you, Adrian? How did you get into this work of supporting women and understanding vaginal infections? Well, I am, my name is Adrian Rommel, everybody. Hello. I'm also known as the Yoni nutritionist on social media. Um, and I have really struggled with my own personal vaginal health, my entire sexually active adult life. Like as soon as I went on the birth control pill at age 15 and started having sex around that age too, I just had chronic issues, yeast infections, UTIs, um, bacterial vaginosis infections. And then I got diagnosed with both genital herpes and HPV in the same year when I was about 21. So like I'm almost, I'm going to be 40 this year. So basically half my life, I have struggled with vaginal health issues. And I really struggled to the point where I I was felt like I was the only one that was going through it. And I was just back to back chronic issues. And I couldn't understand why. And it wasn't until there was a couple of things that happened to me that were kind of like the catalysts to my quitting my entire corporate life and going back to school to study holistic nutrition in my mid thirties, I went through a severe candida overgrowth, which was basically a yeast infection that took over my entire body. 
And I started having trouble with herpes outbreaks. I was getting recurring herpes outbreaks for almost three years. And it was really, it really taught me a lot about how important diet and lifestyle is to managing my vaginal infections. Because when I started understanding what my triggers were, which were stress and my diet, could I start to learn to change and manage my own vaginal health. And that's kind of when a light bulb moment went off and I was just like, oh my God. (laughs) And I was like, if I could help other women who are going through this too, because surely I'm not the only one in the world. I felt like it at the time. So I quit everything, went back to school to study holistic nutrition to, to start the Yoni nutritionist and do what I do now. I love that. Thank you so much. It's so beautiful to hear that you were like, I felt like I was the only one. Am I the only one that has this thing going on in my yoni? I think it's so beautiful because I find that with the podcast opening up on conversations that most people aren't having, it normalizes it in such a beautiful way. Like even me talking about my termination, which occurred at the end of 2020, three of my clients now are working with me and I didn't know this, but they have also recently had terminations. And I think that normalizing the conversation about all aspects of women's health is really important, specifically this. Now I know I personally have had one very bad thrush and yeast infection outbreak. And that was for a few different reasons, like triggers that you mentioned, but you talked about a few different things. So you mentioned yeast infections and candida overgrowth, UTIs, BV, as well as HPV and genital herpes. But I'd love to know what is the differences and the similarities between a yeast infection and BV? And for people who don't know what BV is, that's bacterial vaginosis. So maybe one step before that, can you explain what is a yeast infection in your urine? So a yeast infection is basically an overgrowth of fungus that grows in your vaginal canal. So inside of your vagina, which can cause a lot of symptoms like itching, burning, um, cottage cheesy, white discharge. And that's Mm -hmm. what, those are the key indicators of a yeast infection. And a yeast infection is a fungal infection. So like, um, it's caused by the, um, the, a bunch of different bacteria. We all have a vaginal flora, or vaginal microbiome, similar to our gut microbiome. I think everybody's heard that. about it now, mm-hmm. but it's very similar where there's an environment of both good and bad bacteria and pH that help to manage pH levels to fight off infections. But what happens is when the bad bacteria and the bad fungus starts to overgrow, that's when we can get a yeast infection. And that's caused by a bunch of different things. It can be caused by stress. It can be caused by sex. It can be caused by eating too many, too much sugar or drinking too much alcohol or eating too many um, starch starches and carbs and eating a lot of inflammatory foods. So your diet, your lifestyle Mm. can trigger yeast infections and sex Um, and your sexual hygiene practices as well. And yeah, what are you gonna say? No, 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 I, I was just I was just gonna mention something that I was thinking about. If you think of okay, when do you drink alcohol and when do you eat starchy carby foods and sugar? It's when you're freaking stressed. And yeah. so like it's like you're putting all the ingredients together to literally make or contribute to a yeast infection. And that's why 
stress management is so important. <laughs> so yeah, keep going. And when we get our periods, mm-hmm. because in that luteal phase, we're normally craving carbs and we're craving, I know, but I don't know about you, but I crave chocolate and wine and pasta and bread and give me ice cream and like all the things, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which triggers can also be a trigger for some women. Yeah. But Bacterial vaginosis is a bacterial infection of the vagina, whereas the um, yeast infections are a fungal infection. So they're treated a bit differently. With yeast infections, you get an antifungal typically as a treatment by a doctor, either by prescription medication or by a vaginal insert. Um, Mm -hmm. With bacterial vaginosis, it's usually treated by antibiotics because it is a bacterial infection or you know, a vaginal suppository antibiotic, but bacterial vaginosis, um, there are some similarities and some differences because the symptoms are often the same, like itching internally, burning inflammation, but also what really characterizes bacterial vaginosis is a lot of women experience vaginal odor. And this is where a lot of the shame comes in with bacterial vaginosis specifically because, you know, because of this odor and the discharge can also, the odor can be kind of fishy or sometimes Mm -hmm. metallic or really, really pungent. So like, it kind of smells like copper, it can smell really sour. Um, The yeast infection, it kind of smells like sourdough bread, whereas the bacterial vaginosis infection is a bit more fishy or, or metallic but there's pungent. also pungent. Yeah. And yep. it is a pretty distinct smell. And for some women, it can be really strong depending mm-hmm. on the severity of their bacterial vaginosis. Um, but there's also discharge, which can be kind of thin and white, but thick and gray and lotiony. Yeah. I was going to ask that question because, you know, I teach as a natural fertility teacher, teaching women about understanding the cervical mucus method, understanding, you know, basal body temperature. There's a big difference between vaginal discharge and cervical mucus, even though a lot of people think they're the same. Now, aside from the fact that we're not talking about the differences in those and the cervical mucus method, we're talking about infections in your vagina. If you have a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis, that would obviously change your vaginal discharge and that's where you do get like the cottage cheesy kind of look and thin and white now if someone was wanting to just use the appearance or the texture or the the color of um their bacteria their bacterial (laughs) their vaginal discharge to go okay what's the difference with the vaginal discharge between a yeast infection and the bacterial vaginosis what is that the difference So the yeast infection is like white and cottage cheesy, lumpy, looks like cottage cheese, kind of really inconsistent, like lumpy. Whereas the BV can be watery Mm -hmm. or thick and lotiony. Okay. So it's, I think that's good. Creamy, like creamy, like smooth and creamy or, or watery. Whereas the yeast infection, it's more cottage cheesy and lumpy. Okay, awesome. I think that sometimes we might think we have BV when it could be yeast infection. We might think we have a yeast infection when it could be BV. Now, just to clear it up, because I feel like someone's listening to this thinking this, hang on. So what's a, what's thrush? How does thrush, thrush fit into that? Rush is the same. It's, 
it's the same thing as a yeast infection. Cool. Um, it depends on the country you live in. A lot of people who live in the UK would call a yeast and vaginal yeast infection thrush, but you can also get a yeast infection in your mouth, which is oral thrush. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now going off topic, does that come from oral sex? If someone has thrush in their vagina that they might get it in their mouth? Yes. I guess, I guess could. that's possible, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> it can also come from, I, oh my God, I had a oral thrush episode <laughs> not that long ago. I had a bit of a too much fun over one weekend and it definitely like suppressed my immune system and triggered, um, a yeast flare up in my mouth and it was not pleasant. <laughs> but not I treated pleasant it at all. It went, no, it, I treated it and it went away in a week. I treated it naturally, which was good and it went away. But yeah, you can get thrush, oral thrush in your mouth, which is like a I, form of a yeast infection. Yeah. And I think they're all a f- reminders, they're all just messages that there's something going on in your body or your lifestyle, or your environment that's leading your body to show this to you. Because I feel that a lot of women just go, oh, I've got this. They need to kind of just hide it and just kind of like block it out a little bit or just treat that one thing. But like you said, you had a bit of a fun weekend, maybe, including, <laughs> you know, a bit of too much drinking, whatever. Yeah. But that suppresses the immune system. And then when the immune system is low, which also happens when you're really stressed or you're getting little sleep or you're not eating, you know, the right types of nutritional-based foods, your body feels stressed. And so it's going to be like, how can it talk to you and tell you that you're stressed? It's going to show you. And unfortunately, things that happen in our vagina are quite often signs that there's something else that's much bigger going on. So I love that. Now you mentioned about vaginal microbiome. So I love that we have a microbiome that lives in our mouth, in our gut. We even have microbiome on our skin. Do you know much about the microbiome in your vagina? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So what can you share about the vaginal microbiome and then how important is the pH level of your vagina? Mm-hmm. So I can't go into the scientific details because I don't know that that much detail about the vaginal microbiome, but um, so the vaginal microbiome, like our gut microbiome is comprised of an environment of thousands of different bacteria and both good and bad. And they are basically busy down there maintaining our vaginal pH levels to prevent us from getting an infection. With the vaginal microbiome with yeast infections, it really is just a disruption in that flora and the the fungus overgrowth is what causes a yeast infection. But Mm -hmm. with BV, it's a bit different because it's also a bacterial overgrowth, but a pH imbalance, because when the pH is imbalanced, it changes the environment in um, the the healthy environment in the vaginal microbiome, causing an imbalance of the good and bad bacteria. Mm -hmm. So BV infections are pH based and yeast infections are more like um, fungal based. So there's a bit of a difference there. And it's really important to learn how to manage um, and rebalance your natural vaginal pH levels, which is normally more on the acidic side. I forget offhand, but I think it's between four of 4.5 and a six. I forget the numbers offhand, but it usually is more on the acidic side with the purpose of creating a healthy environment to prevent infections. But when 
we get too far acidic or too far alkaline, um, that's when we can have troubles. And for example, men's sperm, a lot of women get BV from ejaculatory sex. And that's because <laughs> sperm is very alkaline. And it's that it's designed in that the human bodies are designed. They're so smart. They're designed that way. So smart. The alkalinity of the sperm needs to like power through the acidic vagina to make babies. But um, so that can also throw off vaginal pH balance for so many women who struggle with chronic mm. BV. So that's I love this topic. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like frothing at the mouth on this. I, I think, and I'm just going to list a couple of things that I have felt that create an imbalance in my own yoni that I've noticed. Like if I go swimming in the morning at the ocean, I come back and I get stuck into it's on the weekend. I get stuck into like doing chores or someone calls on the phone and I don't take my swimmers off and I don't then have a shower straight away. I do notice, I don't, I definitely don't get a yeast infection or BV, but I do notice an imbalance and that imbalance can show with a little bit, you'll notice that oh, there's a little bit of discharge here that's a bit odd and that can just be a slight imbalance. But then you can also look, okay, well, what about sexual health? And I think it's so important to recognize that your body, your yoni is only trying to protect you. So if you have one of these things, it's showing you that there's an imbalance and it's like, okay, where did this come from? How can we stop this from happening again in the future? How can you, like, what is one of the best ways if you are sexually interactive with someone and you do have a yeast infection or bacterial vaginosis, knowing that sex can make that worse? I've had, a, I got a, I have a friend who has had BV in the past and her partner, every time they had sex, it would actually amplify that experience. So what are some things that maybe a woman can do to help care for her yoni so that she can still have great sexual experiences without the fear of it amplifying and getting worse because ain't nobody want an infection to get worse. No, no. I mean, during an, an actual infection of BV or yeast, you have to be really careful because during sex, you can pass the infection to mm. your partner and then you're just passing it back and forth to each other. And it's a never ending cycle. So you really have to be careful if you are experiencing an infection, you don't want to have sex because having sex and the friction and all the bacteria that's going around can make it worse. If you are not in an infection and you are prone to infections, whether it be yeast infections or BV, you want to avoid ejaculatory sex. You want to make sure you're lubed up, but using a pH balanced lube um, that's as natural as possible. And um, you really want to make sure that you're taking good care of your sexual hygiene, washing your toys, always peeing after sex, rule number one, <laughs> and sometimes before. I know it takes kind of the spontaneity out of it sometimes, but listen, what's more important, your vaginal health or the spot, like, you know, but I get it. I, I really get that just on peeing. It's interesting. So and I'm asking these questions for thinking of what questions our listeners would be thinking of as they listen to this is that, okay, so when men have sex and then they ejaculate and so the sperm comes out, the sperm and the wee comes through the same urethra, like mm -hmm. this, like their same channel, right? Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. To pee after that, it kind of sweeps all the sperm out. But after sex, we for us as women and menstruators and i mentioned this because there could be some young girls who don't understand the full anatomy of their yoni yet 
but your wee doesn't come from your vagina where a penis goes when you have sex. So what is the benefit of peeing for a woman if it's not actually coming through that vaginal canal where the penis once was for heterosexual relationships? It prevents any bacteria from going in up into your urethra, causing a UTI, which can cause a UTI. Yes. Which is a very painful bladder infection. <laughs> I know. <laughs> About... <laughs> 11 months ago, it was actually just, um, it was the thing that actually triggered that I was pregnant. Um, I had a UTI that was absolutely debilitating that turned into a kidney infection. And I was on the verge of hospitalization and I'm very strong. Like I don't need to do this. And honestly, I have never had that much tension, pressure, pain. I literally, I didn't think I was dying, but I couldn't move my body. I was vomiting. I it was really, really horrible. And I just, like, I asked that question because a lot of people are like, but it doesn't go in there. So why does that matter? But our we is so, our yoni is designed to literally take care of itself. And the way I like to think of it, Adrian, is it's like a garden. If you think of a veggie garden, you know, the bugs come in and they help, you know, with the pollen and then the pollen you know gets taken and then it gets spread and there's bugs in the ground that help with you know the balance and the ph of the soil and if that's off then you know that can actually burn or harm the plant so it's a whole ecosystem that works really well together your yoni is like that and so everything is in a certain position for a certain reason you know we we at a certain time to help with those yeah so i think that's a really great um mention so thank you I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my Reset Your Cycle Masterclass series. This is a three-part live class series to transform your menstrual cycle knowledge and increase cycle confidence. Throughout three live classes, you'll discover understanding your cycle hormones, what they are, how they change throughout the four phases of your monthly cycle, and how they contribute to how you feel. You'll also discover cycle disruptors and what you can do, those things that make you feel a little bit out of whack through your cycle off balance and impact your moods along with your hormones. And then we cover your cycle and natural contraception. Gain a better understanding of contraception, the good, the confusing, and how to choose a contraceptive method that serves you and your health goals. Head over to wellsome.com forward slash shop to learn more. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash shop and use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Now you mm. talked about being lubed up. Yes. So what, and having a good pH balanced lube. So what would you recommend um, that it's not going to impact more so or flare something up if you're prone to infections? I don't actually have a specific lube that I recommend or that I, that I work with. That's something I'm working on right now. Oh, but, anyone who's listening to this, anyone got some good lube recommendations? <laughs> yeah. Anybody got lube recommendations, please share. But like something that is going to ha- be as natural as possible and help you to balance your um, natural pH levels. Because what happens is if you're not lubed up enough, you're then prone to vaginal tearing, especially if you're mm. having a really good session and it goes on for some time. <laughs> and yeah. vaginal tearing exposes you to more infection. Totally. So you yeah. really want to be lubed up. And also number rule two after peeing is wipe from front to back. Not ass to yoni, it's yoni Not to ass. Not ass to yoni. But the yoni is a self-cleaning organ. And it yeah. isn't, you know, 
it's it's so hard when women get these chronic vaginal infections because it's I it's not meant to be like that. And like you said earlier, it really is a good indication that something is going on that's that goes deeper than your vagina. I always say, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. us as us as women, we're more prone to these infections because of what's going on in our gut health, and that's really the root cause of it because. We've been on oral birth control for long periods of time. We've been on long-term antibiotic use, you know, growing up the majority of, you know, like I know when I was a kid, my parents, if I got sick, I went to the doctor and they just throw you on antibiotics. There was no other mm. solution. Like I was raised on a high carb, high sugar, high starch diet, as I'm sure most people, you know, in our generation, at least were. And things have changed now, luckily, but, um, you know, all of these things long-term consistently ever since being a kid has really messed up my gut health, which is what I believe has contributed to my, my vaginal health issues. And then the stress just triggers it. Mm. So it's really, really important to understand that your diet is so important when it comes to managing these vaginal infections and getting to the root cause of it it's your diet and it's your lifestyle. It's so important. And that's what I've learned in my, both my personal experience and my research as a, you know, studying to be a holistic nutritionist and then doing all the work I've done to help other women is diet is the only way that will help you get rid of it long-term. If you are experiencing chronic infections, it doesn't get rid of an infection. If you have one, like it's not enough. You, sometimes we do need the help of medication or suppositories and things that I mentioned. But mm. to get to the root cause, eliminate and manage these symptoms in the long term, you need to look at your diet and your lifestyle. So totally. Important. I think if something's continually coming back, like if I think of myself very similar to you when I was younger, you know, as a, um, I guess, a child or a teenager, if I got sick, I just went to the doctor. I was all, I was actually always sick. I, every three to four months, I had all the itises, laryngitis, tonsillitis, bronchitis, and then going mm -hmm. on the contraceptive pill, I actually later on, you probably don't know this about me, but everyone else listening who is a fond listener has listened to all the episodes would know that I had leaky gut. And, you know, that was, I discovered that before I came off the contraceptive pill, but I feel that that was a big contributing factor of all these other things that were happening at the time. And I've never really put the links together, but maybe my vaginal health at that particular time was definitely linked to leaky gut now I'm talking back in like 2012 like nine you know eight years ago this was not talked about openly leaky gut no one even knew what it was really so today there's so much more education and information about it which is amazing but if you have if you're constantly getting sick and run down it's because something's wrong with your immune system so if something is imbalanced in your immune system we need to look at well what is it imbalancing your immune system that's something in your life and that's the same with BV and, you know, yeast infections is that, okay, what else in our life can we actually do to support ourselves? So you mentioned a little bit about antibiotics and antifungal medications for things like BV and yeast infection. But I know that these are typically just like prescribed by doctors, but what are some good long-term effects of these or better long-term solutions knowing that, okay, if I take antibiotics because I have BV, it might help with the BV now, but how do I actually help with the long-term of it so it doesn't keep coming back? Because you might be like, oh, look, I love my partner. I've just, we've just met. We really want to be together. But every time we have sex, 
it flares up and it gets out of control. And then therefore that's dampening our sex life. Ain't nobody want that. (laughs) So what are some things that we can do long-term that will help support these challenges as opposed to just, you know, a bit of a Band-Aid fix if we do do use that? Yeah. Well, it's diet. I mean, that's the only way is really getting in touch with your diet and your lifestyle and really living, trying to live a very healthy lifestyle. So doing things that you can to manage your stress, exercising, doing things that are going to make you happy, really practicing self-love and self-care and prioritizing that, Um, trying to relax as much as you can. Sleep is key is so, so key, getting out in nature and really doing things that are going to help to calm your nervous system and boost those happy hormones, which also help to boost your immune system. Mm -hmm. Diet though is essential. Like it's not just a diet. And this is what I say to the people that I work with. It's not just a diet, it's a lifestyle. And it's a really, it's really understanding how you can start to maintain the health repair and maintain the health of your gut with your diet. So um, it's eating whole foods that are fresh, good quality, and that aren't processed. It's eliminating and trying, well, moderately enjoying because eliminating is, is really hard for some people. And it's not necessary for some people to eliminate them fully, but at least enjoying in moderation, the three main inflammatory foods, which of course is everybody's favorite gluten, dairy, and sugar. (laughs) Um, That's my staple. I know it's, but it literally feeds the, the bacteria and the fungus, which causes it to overgrow. And if you're getting chronic infections, like what's worth it, the slice of chocolate cake or your vagina, like, you know, it's like putting fire on the fire. What happens? You just get a bigger fire. Yeah. 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 Drinking water is also essential. I've done, I've written um, a post uh, about why hydration is important to your yoni because it helps to maintain that healthy vaginal flora um, Mm. and the pH balance as well as helps keep you lubricated. So it prevents those vaginal tears during sex and prevents infections in, in those ways, but also a good supplementation protocol that you adapt into your daily lifestyle that helps you to support your gut health. So like um, things like probiotics obviously are super key, especially the ones that are higher in the CFU content, which is the colony forming units measurement of what probiotics are. And I really like um, women's health specific blends that you can find the different brands are different in in different countries. So I I can't recommend one brand in in particular, but find yourself a really good quality women's health probiotic that has between 25 to 50 billion CFUs for vaginal health maintenance. Um, But other gut supporting supplements like um, omega-3 fatty acids, B complex, which are going to also help you to manage stress. Um, Good fats are also really important. You know, we've all grown up to not want to eat fat, but good fats are so important for so many things to help us balance our hormones and help us with the vaginal lubrication as well. Blood sugar is also really, it helps us to maintain our blood sugar levels because when our blood sugar is fluctuating like this, that can also contribute to vaginal infections because literally your body is just in a constant state of imbalance. 
and it's feeding. that actually brings me to the totally that that yeah heating the body up which then creates imbalance in bacteria and infection that actually makes me think about the luteal phase now earlier you mentioned that you know there are some links between the menstrual cycle and vaginal infections so we can definitely chat about the luteal phase but what are the connections that you can see between a menstrual cycle so from our period to our entire cycle for the whole month or three or four five weeks however long it goes for for you um, and vaginal infections what are the connections there So the luteal phase is so key because in my experience, many women experience yeast and bacterial vaginosis infections, either right before their period or during, or even after. And that's because there's a lot of stress on the body during the luteal phase, which is between ovulation and menstruation because of all the fluctuations and hormones. And if you already have a lot of stress in your body and your immune system is weakened, that can really start to trigger a stress response in your body, which can trigger these vaginal infections. And then of course, when you're reaching for your favorite sweets and cards (laughs) and stuff. I didn't eat the whole block on my own. That wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't eat the whole loaf of bread, you know, or like, you know, drink the entire bottle of wine and stuff like that. So you really have to be mindful during that phase in particular, especially if you are getting those chronic vaginal infections because it can stress your body out more contributing to the infections. If you are susceptible to chronic infections like yeast infections and BV, it's really important to be mindful during that phase in particular, get yourself an, a period tracking app if you don't have one yet to understand when that time of the month is and really nourish your body with um, grounding foods, warming foods, foods that are natural as much as you can. And that will nourish your body and help you to um, support your nervous system and boost your immune system and getting a lot of sleep is key. Yeah. I, I second all of that. A lot of women are unaware. And if you don't know the luteal phase is that what I call the inner autumn phase, it's the phase, it's a premenstrual phase, post ovulation phase. And for some women, this can be the longest phase for some women. It's not the longest phase because they might have a very delayed ovulation. Therefore their follicular phase is longer, but in this inner autumn time, there are a lot of changes and adjustments going on in your body after your body has recognized that you haven't conceived and you aren't pregnant. So what happens is your body thinks is like, yeah, we're pregnant, we're pregnant, we're pregnant. And then it goes through this stage. It's like, oh, actually, hang on, we're not pregnant. Then all of a sudden inside you, like, well, basically it's your corpus luteum stops producing these hormones that you need. And then that triggers your body to drop towards menstruation. So you're literally going through, and if you look at, um, it's kind of like a line graph of your hormones, you see it looks like a roller coaster. It's like, oh, we're going up, oh, we're going down. And that, those changes then create changes in your mindset, in your energy, in your sleep, in your um, outlook on life. And then that impacts how you treat your body. So you're spot on with that because it's not wrong actually to have chocolate at that stage of your cycle, actually encourage it. Um, but doing it in a balanced way with a healthy relationship rather than using it as a negative form of emotional eating, it's really important to just have awareness, like, hang on, how am I feeling? How am I checking in today? Is this going to serve my body? Is it not going to serve my body? And always remember what the long-term goal is. And if your long-term goal is to overcome BV or to get rid of a yeast infection, the question is, okay, is this going to support my yeast infection or is this going to hinder my yeast infection? And that kind of then makes me think, Adrian, it's like 
okay, if you do experience these things, maybe for you, it would be better if you're a menstruator who doesn't use tampons and doesn't use a menstrual cup and you are more of what I call like a free bleeder. You just use menstrual underwear. So you allow your vagina to breathe while you're menstruating, you know, as opposed to putting, as opposed to putting things in like a cup or a tampon, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes it's good to like think about, well, sometimes we give our digestive system a break. Sometimes just give your yoni a break. No Mm -hmm. sex, no yoni eggs, no menstrual cups, no tampons, no diaphragms, no condoms, no penises. (laughs) Just let her have a breather, literally a breather. Yeah. Mm. Um, just a couple of important things, like when we're craving the carbs during that luteal phase, it is important to give your body those carbs, but it's choosing the carbs is, is the most important. So instead of reaching for the pasta and the, and the bread and the gluten and the chips and, and those types of carbs, like eating sweet potatoes instead, yes. and, um, maybe choosing lentils and, you know, legumes instead and, and eating healthy carbs like squash and, um, carbs in that type of form, a lot of vegetables and root vegetables and really grounding, warming foods like curries and soups and stuff. I know it's hard to do in the summer sometimes, but um, that's really important to nourish your body because when we're, when we're, when we're premenstrual, a lot of us are very Vata, like if you're familiar with Ayurveda, like we're just Mm -hmm. airy, kind of like not grounded. I know that's how I am. (laughs) You're holding your head. (laughs) Yeah, it's really important to like ground yourself and you can do that with food and meditation and yoga and getting outside in nature and exercising, but like even chocolate, like choosing uh, like bitter, dark chocolate instead of the chocolate that has a lot of sugar in it. So just making more mindful choices, like you don't have to crazy restrict yourself. It's just Mm -hmm. choosing differently. Um, And one other thing that's important to mention is that for, for women who struggle with BV, particularly bacterial vaginosis is that your menstrual blood changes the acid, the pH levels of your inside of your vagina as well. So a lot of women tell me that they get BV also right after their periods. But so that's why it's really important that luteal phase is key to nourish your body, drinking a ton of water, making sure you're resting and sleeping as much as you can and really nourishing your body so that you over time not overnight. It's not an overnight process. I can tell you that it's definitely not over time. It will start to shift and Mm. it starts to get better because this isn't meant to last forever. Like it's not natural that it's left, that it's, you know, you should in the future be able to eat, uh, you know, whatever you want in moderation and not have it trigger uh, a flare up of an infection, but it really is just adjusting your lifestyle and your diet around this stuff like I live my life for my vagina because I have to otherwise I know what the consequences are that candida overgrowth which basically I was getting a yeast infection once a month I had all kinds of crazy symptoms that were connected to this candida overgrowth my doctor had no clue it wasn't until I figured it out on my own and I I was able I did it a crazy strict elimination diet and I healed myself and I was just like oh my this works And it works for a lot of my clients too. A lot of women that I work with have get both BV and yeast infections. And that's often an indication of a candida overgrowth. Totally. Yeah. There's always talks forever. Forever on. (laughs) Yeah. There's always so many other little facets that it could be connected with. And that's why just being so connected and attuned to your body is really important. And 
what you're mentioning about food, I like to just bring that back into a simplistic way for people to think about is that just eat close to nature. You know, if you're confusing, like, oh, I don't know what to do. Just is it, is it really close to nature? Like your chocolate, you know, eat the chocolate that's the closest thing to nature. Yeah. And I'm talking about plant foods, not necessarily like dairy products, things that are really, really close to things that grow from the ground, not live on the ground. Um, and it's not, there's nothing wrong with dairy necessarily. It's just that having it too much at that time can definitely amplify it. And it just makes me think about air your yoni. Yeah. Like I, I know when I had that really chronic yeast infection a few years, like maybe three or so years ago, it was because of stress. And then I was on a plane and then I was on the plane for like flying to America and I couldn't, I was wearing the same clothes for like nearly 22 hours, the same pair of undies. I couldn't, you know, like that happens when you travel. And so that's where I got the infection from. But air your yoni for literally two weeks. I just didn't wear underwear. So airing your yoni is really, really important. Um, so we're, near, we're almost out of time and I've absolutely loved this episode. And I feel like we could talk about it in so many more ways. Like, how do you wash your yoni? Maybe we have to do a part two. I know. But I'd love I'd love to um I'd love to just sum it up really simply for everybody who's who's tuning in and listening. What are the three or the five best things you can do on a daily basis to help the health of your yoni? Um drinking a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I I wrote a post about this. I think it's about tw- 12 or 13 glasses of water we need to drink a day I say try to drink more than that if you can (laughs) that's number one um really prioritizing your self-care so whatever that means to you managing trying to do is everything that you can to really nourish your body with whole foods I always say if it grows eat it if it doesn't grow avoid it (laughs) um so being really mindful about you know nourishing your body taking really good care of yourself, prioritizing your self-care as much as you can. A lot of women are juggling families and kids and jobs and all kinds of things, but making sure you're taking time out for you Mm -hmm. to practice that self-care really and like nourishing your body. Your diet is so important, like nourishing your body with foods that grow, avoiding foods that don't grow, avoiding anything processed, avoiding the three main inflammatory foods, gluten, dairy, and sugar, because they do cause inflammation in the body. Um, and making sure that you're nourishing your body with whole natural foods, especially during your luteal phase, um, letting your yoni breathe is super important. Also at nighttime, don't wear underwear, don't wear anything, sometimes giving her a break and really just tuning it. Your yoni will give you message, like really tuning into the messages that she gives you. And I know that sounds woo, woo, but I really do believe in it. There's an energy there. So many women come to me and they're like, I've had sex with this same partner and I would get chronic infections. But then as soon as we broke up, they would stop. Like there's an, <laughs> your Yoni knows your Yoni yep. is very, like, I always say like my intuition comes from my vagina. Right. Totally. And my Yoni knows. Um, the fifth one is get sleep. Lots of sleep. <laughs> I love that. I love all can. of those. I love all of those, especially like your Yoni literally does know it knows beyond you because it has energy and self-intuition and that's sometimes the yoni screaming like get out I don't want this yeah and it's like we could have a whole topic and conversation about the spiritual energetic aspects of that but 
listen to you only is such a great tool and task. I have a final question for you for the podcast. Now, before we go into it, how can people find you? I know you mentioned you're on Instagram. Is that the best platform? Yeah. Instagram is like my central hub of communication because okay, cool. that's where my community is. So it's at Yoni nutritionist, all one word. And mm-hmm. then I'm also on TikTok and Facebook and YouTube. Um, but Instagram is my central hub of communication. I've got four different online programs, which give women the tools and the knowledge of exactly what to do and how to do it to manage these very common chronic vaginal infections, Amazing. like yeast infections, BV, HPV, and herpes. And I do one-on-one calls as well for women who need support. Fantastic. Well, I'm going to pop all of those links in the show notes so that everyone can connect with you along with how to get some guidance around the courses that you offer and the guides that you have, because this is an area that is so important to get support that is a little bit different to maybe the support you have been receiving if you're listening to this and you do have either a yeast infection or BV or get them sometimes. I've loved having you on the show for this episode. Now, final podcast question before we wrap up. I ask all of our guests this and I can't wait to hear yours, but what are three things you wish you had have known when you started menstruating? So think back to your younger self when you got your first period. What are three things you wish you had have known then that you now know today? That's such a good question. I wish I knew everything about how my menstrual cycle affects my life. I wish I knew how to revolve my life around my menstrual cycle and schedule like live my life according to my menstrual cycle and really understand the different phases and what that means to my body. And I wish that I understood and accepted my PMS um, because I get really bad PMS and I always have. And, you know, my parents would always shame me for it to be like, Oh, are you PMSing? Oh, are you so emotional? Are you PMSing? Like that sort of, that sort of thing is, I was shamed for instead of it being accepted and normalized. So I wish I knew that, you know, these things are really normal that a lot of women go through and it's nothing to be ashamed of. I love that. I'm not even (laughs) going to add to it. It's just absolutely beautiful. And I wish I had those same things that when I started menstruating Um, and I hope everyone who's listening to this can actually take them on, even if they haven't learned them yet and they have been menstruating for years. So Adrian, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. I would love to have you back to talk about other little intricacies of this particular topic with BV, particularly with self-care practices for your yoni. So maybe we'll have you back on the show if you're keen for that. Okay, but I'm keen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I've thoroughly loved it. And um, thanks for dedicating your time to being with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women Podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag Well Women Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle. <laughs> <laughs>